0: fuck man try one more time can you hear me now i right, got check. you, brother oh got you got you. it got it yeah yeah dude, yeah nice and how's my audio coming in
1: Audio's clear good? perfect yeah all it's right, very good cool we got it nice we got man
0: it. we're in business we're in business. <laughs> we're in business
1: dude it's so funny to hear your voice just because i hear it on my feed all the time on instagram <laughs> and i'm like the streets are ruthless and now, <laughs> now you're like right there it's really funny <laughs>
0: yeah man uh yeah it's pretty funny uh, how do you find me how how that happen
1: I don't even know. I just I was on your I like I'm on MMA Twitter and MMA Instagram. Just yeah. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I guess a video of yours popped up and I was like, OK, this is cool because it was short, sweet, like to the point. So I was like, OK, cool. And then I probably went on your profile and like went through many reels and I was like, OK, cool. And I followed and then I keep watching them because you make a lot of content. So <laughs> I do. Yeah,
0: watching stuff putting out a lot of stuff man yeah yeah it's yeah.
1: good dude yeah and um and um yeah i just thought it would be cool to reach out to you just because I was like okay you know i thought it was a bit of a shot in the dark i didn't expect you you know because you never know how the odds are you reach out to people of course people, of course you know and you're doing a lot of content and stuff and then yeah dude i was so happy when you like accepted and then i found out that you're in Mount Vernon and I'm in Mamaroneck, dude I'm like really right.
0: yeah dude I, yeah, I had you're no idea. Close, you were dude. right there yeah awesome awesome yeah
1: I got it I was thinking like I should actually stop by the gym one day I don't know if your gym does like a like a free trial thing or something but we I would, do we I'd, do
0: drop-ins we do drop-in classes yeah, so if I'd you want to just come for one session you can do yeah, that I would love That'd to be do fun
1: that. yeah it'd be it'd be really fun Small funny. world dude it is a small world what's yeah, the I chances I know it's like it's completely random like just I was on MMA
0: stuff and then you popped up so it's cool man I was checking out um, your feed as well and I, yeah. I, I like that you're not overly niched you know like you have yeah I saw so many cool guests that you've had on that range from you know different places different areas
1: yeah that's that's kind of what uh like what inspired me is Joe Rogan yeah I um I've, I'm just like I'm a big JRE fan I listened to the clips and then one day I was with a friend and I was like man it would be so cool if I could just live off of having a podcast and I was like wait a minute what's stopping me right like I just need to get a microphone so I've been doing that and it's like been for six months now and you know I'm giving myself a long time like if I want to be successful in like 10 years I don't need to be like super successful now yeah but if I could live off of this in some capacity that would be fucking awesome
0: that's the dream right there huh that's the dream just content not have to clock in at nine to five I know nightmare I know good on you brother getting started
1: yeah exactly and i'm 23 so you know 10 years i'll be 33 that's still super young i can even do 20
0: still younger than me yeah now
1: yeah more than enough time brother dude and um so i guess i guess we're starting right like let's just say yeah we're on we're on so i talked to um i talked to mcdojo which you probably follow right like you know his
0: page i know yeah he's like pretty legendary yeah he's Uh, big he's done a lot of great stuff
1: yeah he's cool and so he's like a really cool guy, very approachable. And we had some awesome conversations. And one of the things he talked about a lot was that one of the reasons these McDojos are so successful is that the other gyms around them are not necessarily as good at marketing as they are. It's Mm -hmm. like the McDojos are good at marketing. They're shit at the martial art. They're more like cults and they abuse their people, but they're really good at drawing you in. And so that's how they get a lot of people in just because the other gyms are not as good as like the marketing slash business side. And one thing I think is really cool about you is that you have a very like good marketing. Like you've you've obviously you've got the martial art, and we're gonna talk about that later. But you also really have the, at least to my knowledge, like really good marketing. You've got cool, entertaining videos. You've got fight breakdowns. Like some of them are just like silly. Like you know, like the GTA one is cool. Yeah, it's actually really well done, dude. You're like bouncing perfectly. I was <laughs> like, like a wow, video this. game. Yeah, it was really good. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the big differences, and so I, that's like really cool. You're doing that really well.
0: Yeah, thanks, brother. And and it's it's uh it's something that we all struggle with. I find that the most authentic people that I've met, whether it be musicians or uh, comedians, martial artists, they just cannot seem to market themselves. Yeah, they have an incredible product, but they feel inauthentic when they have to ask someone to actually buy their thing or come. You know. Mm. So I found that the best way to do it is to just uh, don't ask for too much, but just put out stuff that people want to see. And that, that seems to be what's working right now. Uh, and, you know, another big thing for me is not over niching, because I mm-hmm. think that hurts you, too. Yeah, that, it's true. You're, that you're, that not just you're doing
1: you. a lot. You're doing a lot of different stuff, like your content. It would be educational for people who want to learn about martial arts, but it's just like entertaining, too. Yeah. Or just for a like a regular team. person that wants to feel safe. Like everyone wants to feel safe. You know,
0: see what you just said is the key. Like us as jujitsu guys, I come from, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a student of John. So I come from a really good lineage of jujitsu, but listen, man, like, you know, who doesn't need us other trained jujitsu guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't need, they don't, I mean, they, they can use some of my input, but they don't need me. But the average kid in Albania who's scared to go to school. Like I started thinking that's the kid that needs me. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big moment turning point for me. That's cool. And when did you start doing the, that kind of stuff? The self-defense stuff was done. I can't remember when it was, It let's say seven months ago, maybe seven months ago, uh, It probably in spring of, of 2021. I, I was doing a lot of high level leg lock videos. They were getting reposted a lot and it was great. Don't get me wrong. But I was just bored of it. I was like, mm-hmm. "Where else do we go with the fucking jiu-jitsu? Can I can I put another leg lock video up?" Yeah, like, it just got to the point where it was, just, you know, the MMA, like you know, working out with all these top guys. But it was just, it was just getting a little stale for me, to be quite honest. And then the big question, which I'll just reiterate it, is, well, how do I affect change in more people? How do I really reach more people? I gotta create uh, uh, a broader, a broader piece of content. And so I started just experimenting with the self-defense thing. Also coming from Shotokan and combative jujitsu, I sort of had the background for it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like me, like I've seen jujitsu guys try to do what I'm doing and it don't go good. Cause yeah.
1: Cause it's the difference between the sport and actual yeah. like, combat jujitsu. Right.
0: Yeah. It's a different animal. So they're trying to do it to capitalize on what they see working. And it, it, it comes off as like inauthentic, mm. so like they're reaching a little bit for it, but either way, that Was a turning point for me, but it was a big one, it was a huge yeah, one for me, yeah.
1: That's cool. And, um, the like the combative jujitsu, what's really different with sports jujitsu?
0: Well, well, combat jujitsu or or like traditional combat Japanese jujitsu is uh, it, it's just like incomplete, you know, like standing joint locks, things like that, like some takedowns, but it was very rudimentary in comparison to modern jujitsu, it wasn't mm-hmm. it's, it's not nearly as developed. Uh, and Shotokan is Shotokan karate it's kind of a traditional form of karate um, but it was really self-defense based so th- those were my roots and then I graduated to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in my early teens but that stayed with me you know that that feeling of like yeah self-defense like does this shit really work in the street is that so, how you got is
1: that how you got into it like what was your what was your initial draw into martial arts I grew
0: up in uh, South Yonkers. So have you been to Yonkers before? You're not far. Yeah. So. No, yeah. yeah. So I, I go to Yonkers pretty regularly. I'm okay. a good friend there. So you know the deal. So in the late 80s, 90s, it was a complete poop hole. It was really, mm-hmm. really bad. And so my- You can thought, curse. You can curse. All right, cool, cool. I wasn't sure. All right. So I, I was thinking like, man, this is hard. I'm growing up on Radford, McLean, like the hood hood. And I'm worried, man. I'm going to school. I'm scared. I'm going. I'm coming back home. I'm, I'm like, dude, someone's going to get me. This is really scary stuff. So I had my mom put me in karate. We were dirt poor, but we could kind of get $70 together for the month. So she said, "Okay, you can do it. So she put me in karate. And it was more just out of fear, just because you want to know how to protect protect yourself in school and things like that. So that was the impetus for it. But I always knew that I had to get to a better martial art. No offense to karate. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a little incomplete. So, yeah. And so
1: and so you did some karate. How old were you?
0: I was twelve years old. Damn, that that's time. young. And yeah, so, yeah.
1: And so, then you started like. Then you did the jujitsu. Is that how? Yeah,
0: you- yeah. Graduate. Well, the combat jujitsu and the karate took place at the same dojo.
1: Oh, okay. Same gotcha. dojo.
0: Yeah. So that was happening at the same time. Uh, and then we couldn't afford it. At, at, after a certain point, it was just uh, we, you know, with we, we dirt poor. You know, couldn't even afford seventy dollars. My fucking sensei. Charged me $3 to get promoted. He charged me for the belt. Really? (laughs) I said, what kind of fucking scheme we got going on here? So I was like, all right, we got to get out of this. And, you know, I was playing guitar at the same time. But uh, so I was focused on that as well. But then when I moved there with my aunt and uncle, when I was 15, they took me in. Uh, That's when they said, what do you want to do? You want to keep doing the music thing? Or do you want to go over and try this jujitsu thing you keep talking to us about? I said, Mm -hmm. let's try the jujitsu. And I just never looked back.
1: That's awesome, man. And you trained with, you said you got your black belt under?
0: John Danahar. Okay. Yeah, got under John Danahar.
1: So I so i don't know as much about, like, the jiu-jitsu family. I know the Gracies, obviously. Yes,
0: yes. But is, he's, like, so he's, like, a good. Yeah, so he, he, we're all under the Henzo Gracie umbrella. So Henzo Gracie owns a gym in, in New York City. And under him, is one of his black belts is John Danahar. Gotcha. So Technically, I'm under Henzo. It's his gym. But John took me under his wing. And John cool. right now is recognized as being the greatest jujitsu mind, maybe in the history of jujitsu. Really? It was blind, dumb luck for me, right? Because I walked. Yeah, that's the gym, cool. 15 years old, didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I just took well to this older New Zealand cat. <laughs> like, I was like, like, like it just it was a strange match, but it worked, you know. How long did it take you to get your black belt? I yeah, let's see, uh 15, 20, like five years. Damn, that's fast. Yeah, I was obsessed, though. I was obsessed. And you gotta remember, AJ, I was in school. I was I didn't have a job and have no responsibilities. You know, I went from living in in like I told you before, kind of a hood circumstance to living with my aunt and uncle. Now we had our own issues, and you know, people who have a little more money have you know, as you know, have their own fucking worries and and credit cards and yeah. But my aunt and uncle took me in, so I was able to live much more comfortable. And with that release and not having that, that pressure on my back of poverty, I was able to just train 100%. So that's when the skill.
1: Damn, dude, that's awesome. Five years to get a black belt. How many, yeah. how many hours like, would you go?
0: I started with twice a week, right? Which was really not a lot of training, but I started twice a week and then I upped it to like four until I was training maybe four or five days a week. Uh, sometimes I would train for four hours at a time, just jujitsu.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's the dream. I, I really want to do that. Like my ultimate life would be like podcasts in the morning and then jujitsu. It's so fun. Martial arts. Like, it's just, it's so nice. Like it, it's just so healthy. It just feels so it's, it gets, it like hits all the sweet spots, right? It's like, it you're does. competing. You feel like you know how to defend yourself. So it's confidence. It's like mental health and then the brotherhood, like I've, I've done boxing. So that's really where I, that's my background. Yeah. Um, I would just do it in the summers in Poland, and I have a heavy bag here. But like, I would really learn in Poland from this guy who was, uh, like, a European bronze medalist back in his day. And it was like, dude, the most like, I'm I'm half Polish, so I would go there, and it's like the most Eastern European thing you can think of. Like, <laughs> the, the the coach would be like smoking cigarettes in like while teaching us. The walls were like crumbling. It was like a real boxing gym. It was dark. <laughs> it was it was a movie, dude. It was the Rocky Balboa gym. And um, uh, I was terrified of him. I was 12 years old. He smoked a cigarette. He had like mean little eyes and a big black mustache, and he would just curse like a sailor, (laughs) dude. And he he was like so unforgiving.
0: Yeah. But
1: it was good boxing, man. It was good boxing. You learned
0: good principles there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Like the, all he would have us really do is just have the perfect jab. Like my jab is, is good. And that's all you really, really need. need. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a, it was an awesome experience. And then it's like, brotherhood you get with everybody else it's just that's like very few sports have that kind of very few
0: yo you know what i realized too and this is this is something to compare it to uh to boxing i i I boxed at a gleason's for a lot of years around 16 i started boxing but you know what's different about jujitsu and and boxing is in boxing there is this weird competitive element Mm -hmm. where where it's like, it's not a team sport, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like me versus you. Yeah. And you're trying to KO the other person. Yeah. So fucking primal. Yeah. But jujitsu is different. It's like you're sweating with these people you're, you're, you're at the mercy of another person where they're like, they're like, tr- you're trusting them not to like break your arm. You know, they're not going yeah. to. Yeah. But it it does build a closeness that I have not experienced in other martial arts. And you
1: share more stuff. I feel like boxing in some ways is a simpler sport. So there's less to share, right? Like, okay, that's a good that's point, a jab. Like here, you're like, okay, this is like this weird leg lock technique. I found this works. So then, you know, yeah. and then you like described a little detail of the hand movement. Like it's like it's completely
0: different. Right. It just doesn't it doesn't yeah. stop evolving. It's never ending. It's, it's I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah.
1: It's cool. It's cool. And at the same time, it's it's like, damn, I wish I could, you know, just like know when I've made it, you know. But you yeah. can always get better. Always There's get no better. making I was, it. I know. You, bro. <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. It's crazy. I, you know, I, I didn't know this above the black belt. They have a red belt, right? That's they like do. for,
0: that's, that's like for, for like fucking 65 year olds or something like that. You have to have had your black belt for an incredibly long time. I can't kidding. remember how long it is, but it's a long it's, it's, ass it's time. Like,
1: yeah. It's like, you're just like, once you have the red belt, maybe then you've made it. <laughs>
0: you've made it and your body's still broken down but that yeah. point. It's like you have nothing to prove <laughs> at all.
1: Um, And so long-term, what would you like to do? You talked about how you want to affect change in some way is that part
0: yeah. of it that's everything I, I really feel that way it's like i would like to impact people influence people to get into martial arts uh eventually i would like to break out of the mold of just martial arts even though that's probably always going to be my backbone yeah i'd like to uh i don't ever want to lose that but i, I want to do other things you know I, I got asked to do a reality show ironically Oh uh, out of nowhere someone dm me because they found my tiktok uh, a casting agent so I would like to do a little more traditional television would be fun uh, but really affecting change continuing to build my platform uh m- managing uh entertainment and instruction the best way I can and just blowing this thing up because I know I have so much to improve on AJ like I come comments no, you have a cool
1: i don't I don't think so I think you have a cool personality dude i think I think it's cool that you have like a physical skill but you're able to talk about it in a very entertaining. An engaging way where it's like, Oh, cool. I want to follow this guy. Yeah, and I think you don't even have to be a martial artist to be like, this is cool.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's working apparently. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I, I see some people follow me. Actually, I did a poll AJ, on my, on my, on my stories like a week ago. I said, how many of you got, cause by the way, I had 2000 followers eight months ago.
1: Yeah. You blew up, dude. <laughs> yeah, blowing up.
0: <laughs> I had no, I had no followers and they were all jujitsu guys. And we all know each other. It's a small little, community all of us you know and and uh, even the biggest jujitsu competitors in the world you look at their page it's like seven thousand followers it's only because this it's we are so small mm-hmm. i asked my followers now i said how many of you guys train martial arts 43 percent don't train martial arts at all so i'm oh. going to myself geez louise like I, it's working whatever it is it's working uh so we'll we'll keep going i appreciate the the kind words as well i want to keep improving on that voice and You know, obviously, sometimes it's clunky. Sometimes I'm rushing out content. To be completely honest, but that's the way it is, dude. That's you know it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And and it, I'll be honest, it doesn't feel that way. I think I think your content's honestly pretty solid. And it's like, I'm I'm I do learn stuff. Like even the boxing stuff. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. That's a cool combination. Thank you. And also, I think it's visually a satisfying thing. I think you're doing that well because there's a lot of uh, martial art like tutorials where. You can tell the guy's good, but like the audio sucks and the filming is not Mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. And so here you get the satisfaction. Like when you get a recently you did like some video, I think, where you slip a punch and you do like a liver punch. And then that was just really satisfying to watch. I don't. I, it was just like <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like when it landed, I was like, "Yeah." Like
0: <laughs> it good, poor Antonio, he's like folding <laughs> over for the sake of a video. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Those are the those are the keys. You know, AJ mixing up your content delivery is so big. I wish I would have known that when I first started getting all these followers, because I I started doing what other freaking idiots tell me to do, which is like, "Oh, this works. Keep hammering this." No, keep experimenting. So different experimenting. stuff. Definitely
1: do reels do this yeah Yeah. uh,
0: well i would definitely want to talk to you about the reels idea because that's that's a huge huge part of the the game plan but even just like for instance the liver the liver video body liver a head rather liver is a is one style no voiceover on that notice that and then we go to the self-defense video then we go to the repurposed uh street fight video and you keep Hitting them on different levels and it keeps the viewer entertained. You know, if I right. just do "streets are ruthless" over and over, uh, even though those are my most successful videos, long term, people get tired of hearing that. They're like, dude enough is enough."
1: I got you. Yeah. Actually, can you can you say the streets are ruthless now? Just so I have it, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Use oh it.
0: hell yeah, hell yeah. The whole lot, the whole thing, or just the streets are ruthless. Uh, yeah, just say the streets are ruthless, but in the voice. The streets are ruthless. <laughs> that's
1: awesome dude i'm gonna add that to my little intro clip you got it man yeah um but yeah and then what was i gonna oh yeah dude i i saw you trained with gsp yeah that was my mentor growing up dude that's awesome can you Lucky. can you get into that that is like
0: yeah cool you know that's big some cool it stuff was big for me aj like i had a situation where i was very fortunate to come in and train at henzo's when i did we're talking about 2002 um george was a white belt at the time i was a white belt. no way Crazy, right? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> to think about that. And but yo, we were—he was a little older than me, but we were—we uh, were both white belts. And was and he already big, big, big in two thousand? No, he was. No one knew who he was. He was fighting like one or two pro fights. Oh wow! In a smaller organization, just he wasn't like even the UFC. Nope. Oh yet. wow! And he just used to trash me. Like it wasn't even like I was a no one to him. Not that he was somebody, but there was no. It was like a big brother just beating up a kid. And then we went again, we kept training like 16, 17, still trashing me. Like I was like, dude, I can't, like, he was just so physically gifted. And I was a great athlete too, but those few years that he had on me, was just too much to cope with. And I remember him taking me down with single legs and me trying to push him off like frame. And I swear to God, I, I remember this, like it was yesterday. I've trained with him many times after it felt like ice cubes under his shirt. You know, when, you know what the fucking abs were like ice cubes. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this guy made out of? And it was just just that, a different that, beast, different, different beast, physically, mentally. But then like 19 years old, 18, 19, a buddy called me. I was out partying the night before because I, I don't drink alcohol. I don't party for many years. But back then I, I was a little crazy and I was hung over pretty bad. And my friend calls me and he's like, yo, GSP's in the gym and the UFC cameras are there. You got to come in. I'm like, dude, I'm in a bag. Like, I can't really do this right now. So anyway, I said, GSP said, I got to show up. So I throw my stuff on. I come in. John goes, John Danahar, who's both of our coaches, we're both black belts under John. He goes, go train with George. The cameras are on, go train with George. I said, okay, I'm going to train with him. I gave him work, you know, quality, quality work. And after that, after that session, the camera stopped rolling. He grabs me. He's like, bro, where do you train? Where do you wrestle? I was like, you don't remember me even kicking my ass a few years back. The reason he didn't remember me is because uh, maybe I he was this, hungover too. Yeah, probably was hungover. <laughs> Yo, but he, uh, he got kicked out of Henzo's when he fought Matt Serra. so there was a few years where he was exiled. Why? Because they fought each other in the UFC, and Matt Serra is a black bone to in Henzo, so there was some politics there.
1: Dude, you know what's weird? And we can I'm, I want you to finish the GSP stuff, yeah. but it, I've noticed, BG, like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, there's like a underlying like political
0: like power structure there it's so rooted in that it's so rooted on dojo allegiance and uh which i actually still stand for but but it gets a little too excessive i think sometimes and yeah there's there's yeah. a lot of like alpha yes. shit in there <laughs> yes, a lot and they want to act like it's all geek jujitsu like it's a geek culture but there's a lot of bullying there's a lot you know you got to be careful AJ, with what gym you choose because you know not all are created equal in terms of the hierarchy systems and uh i'll get back into the gsp but just for a quick story my buddy well one of my students he's a 19 year old blue belt i think he's about 19 now he's his name's drew drew if you if you watch this uh, shout out to drew really mm-hmm. he's a smaller kid not physically gifted at all but incredibly intelligent high intellect picks up everything really quickly incredible jujitsu and he goes to your gym like he, where you train now he does he does and he's he's awesome Anyway, he's in college in Philly, he comes up every two weeks and, and, and trains with us, but he's training at a gym over there. So he's telling me day to day what's going on They're, It's run by Brazilians. It's very cult-like. Uh, they don't allow heel hooks at all. Like, they don't at all, like, period. Why not? Um, it's outdated uh, mindset, really. You know, it's, it's this idea that heel hooks are more dangerous than arm bars, which to me is is outdated we all believe that in 04 but it's 2021 now like we're still thinking about this so he's training there and he's like Steve it's a nightmare the techniques they're learning are are outdated the, the cult mentality's bad the way the teacher like literally is telling him the wrong thing to do you know him knowing what's up knows on a single leg the head has to be high the coach is telling him put your head down by the hip it's like that's overtly wrong Like it's universally known as being a bad way of doing
1: it. It's so weird that there's so much cult like stuff in martial arts. I wonder if it's because it's such a it's like martial arts can bring out the best in you in terms of like that deep sense of confidence and like, hey, I know how to defend myself. Like, I don't even need to pretend anymore. Right. I can Mm -hmm. I can show my weaknesses because I know that I'm strong. But I feel like if you're not good at martial arts, it can just be like a it can be a source of anxiety to the point where like you'll bullshit stuff. And I like to look good in front of your students because it's such an, it, it's also such like an alpha world. So then you're like more likely to lie and shit. And I wonder if that's how so many of these cults starts where
0: it's like just the cult leader is trying to get his ego up. It, I think, I think so. I think There's a giant parallel between gym owners, senseis and, uh, and traditional cult leaders in the spiritual world because, Think about it. It's just a guy or girl who has a bunch of underlings under them, and given the wrong personality traits, that could be a recipe for disaster. Like, yeah, it can go south really. really All these people trust you, you know. Yeah, and and
1: to bring you bring something essential, right? It's like the cult leader brings you like safety. Like they're selling you safety, which is one of the biggest needs. It's like foundational. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And and uh, I've seen that happen in jujitsu way too many times. Way too many times. Uh, uh, They say jujitsu brings out not the best in you. It just brings out more of who you are. So mm. if you're an, if you're an alpha douchebag, then you're just going to become that times 10, because now you're confident in yourself. Mm. Uh, if you're a wonderful person who's sweet and, and endearing to people, you're likely to become a, 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 a bigger version of that because you feel strong in that and who you are. It yeah. just makes you more of who you are. If people say jujitsu makes you a better person. I wouldn't go that far.
1: Yeah, I get you. No, that's smart. That's good. That's realistic. Um, anyway, so yeah, so GSP, so you're training with him. So he yeah, doesn't
0: remember you. At that time, he didn't remember me because of the, the hiatus he had off uh, with the exile and all that, all that stuff. But so we're training, the cameras go off. He goes, man, this is, you, you're really good. Where have you been wrestling this? I said, no, all my training has been in John. And then he ended up taking me to Montreal. So I would fly up to Montreal, do training camps up, up there with him to help him get ready for fights. And that's sort of how the story went. And I, I got to learn so much from him from Farah Sahabi, who's his MMA coach, another mastermind of martial arts. So just incredible fortune that I've had really dumb luck in a lot of ways, just kind of putting yeah, right myself spot, in the right, right time. Exactly right. You know, at the right time and taking advantage of those, those opportunities, you know? So, yeah. I mean,
1: that's the lesson though, right? Because some people can be like, oh, you can look at it two ways. You can be like, Hey, that guy was lucky, right spot, right time. You can also be like, Yeah, but that guy worked, right? He just told you he was hungover. How many of you guys would have gone (laughs) like jujitsu George St. Pierre when you're hungover, right? Yeah, not a lot of people gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not just it's not just right spot, right time. I don't think so. Um okay, and then so what are your thoughts on UFC in general now and how it's evolved? And you know, I started following probably I got into I was into boxing, like I started boxing at 12 years old, but I never really cared about the UFC. I was more like a traditional like hey boxing's like where it's at you know for yeah, the sport yeah. of it. And then I got interested in self defense and then what really got me into it was when Conor McGregor they fought Floyd Mayweather. So I'm like that's where my interest in UFC starts with Conor McGregor. And so yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts about the UFC now with like everything that's going on.
0: It's fun. that's so that's a great thing that you just said. So you're 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 you were brought in from the Conor spectacle, right? Yeah. A lot oh, of people sure. are going to say Conor was bad for the sport, but if it wasn't for Conor, we would have a lot less fans in the oh, sport for sure. who now are delving deeper into you wanting to start your jujitsu journey. So yeah. Conor in some way is responsible for, for that. Uh, I maybe mean, oh, you for probably sure. would have, you probably would have gotten there eventually on your own, but I find that to be very interesting. Uh, my, my views on, on MMA, I, I start so far back. You know, I, the first VHS I ever had was UFC six where tank Abbott knocked out, uh matua knocked him out and then after the guy starched out he he mimics him and my little brain is sitting there going what the fuck (laughs) and and yo aj i was shaking on my couch i was like literally my hands were shaking i was like they're allowing these guys to kill each other in a cage my mom's like what are you watching i'm like i love this stuff I i was enamored with these guys um so my my introduction was very primal it was very old school it was very few rules and and things of that nature but i never thought i would fight i was like that's not for me yeah
1: ufc at the beginning was for the people who don't know was was much less of a sport and it was more like a gladiator match like there were pretty much no rounds right it was just like
0: yeah one long 30 minute round yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then like an overtime which is like fucking crazy yeah it's
1: crazy and and they would have like all kinds of fighters and was it did did they even have weight classes not really right not at first no no yeah so you just had like little which which gracie was it hoist yeah so you had him against like some of these massive massive like bodybuilder yeah came shamrock yeah yeah shamrock there we go yeah yeah. And so it wasn't as much of a sport back then. It was just crazy.
0: Ho- hoist, hoist was the original Conor McGregor because Hoist got me into it. I, I saw this little Brazilian running into people, grabbing them, and then falling backwards. So my brain watching Bruce Lee and uh, Chuck Norris, I was like, wait, 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 wait. So he just grabbed this guy and fell backwards.
1: Yeah. Like, it's very my, counterintuitive. It's like, why are you doing
0: that to yourself? Yeah. Bloom, yo, bloom. Like now, you, you, it, no one thinks this way because we've seen the UFC. But at that time, it was mind-boggling. Anyone would ever want to do that. So I actually emailed him when I was in eighth grade, dude. I said, "Really? Yeah, yo. Yeah. was just like, <laughs> what
1: the hell are you doing, bro?
0: It's <laughs> like, yeah, this is like Windows 2000. Like, and and back then the open rates on the email, bro, were like super high. So he responded, and I know he responded because oh. it was broken English in the writing, dude. That's so, crazy. And and again, I was this is still in, in a time where I didn't even have the computer. I was at my friend's house. He had the computer. I was like, "Hoist, so I really want to learn jujitsu." He goes, "Boy, oh, I." I He goes, I don't, I don't have a gym, but my cousin has a gym. And I said, my cousin, Henzo. So that was the inkling. So when I moved with my aunt and uncle, that's what, that's, I had Henzo on my mind from two years prior. I was like thinking about Henzo. Like this Henzo guy, never heard of him, never seen him. Um, But Hoyce Gracie was my introduction to UFC. Now, what do I think of the sport now? Jeez, man, it's, it's evolved in such a crazy way, right? These guys are professional martial artists. They train incredibly hard. Their diet's there. Everything is meticulous. I love where the sport is. I mean, some of the qualms we might have with it is maybe the fighter pay is not really, mm-hmm. you know, really fantastic. That could be a, a little bit of an issue, the fighter pay. What uh, is the
1: fighter pay? Because I've heard a lot of complaints about that. But like,
0: It's hard to say because, because there's not a union and a lot of these numbers aren't disclosed publicly. We don't really know. Like if a guy's getting paid 50K and he's not proud of that. He may not, he's not going to disclose that with the public, you know, so.
1: But is that 50K for one fight?
0: Yeah, usually it'll be for one fight. I mean, some fighters get paid a lot less, you know, get paid a lot less than that, a lot less than that. You know, my one, my one issue is that they're not allowing fighters to have sponsors. Like you, back in the day, you could put sponsors on your shorts. You could put 10 sponsors on your shorts and on. And on your uh, whatever they call it, the banner that hangs yeah. behind you while they announce your name, you can make a hundred thousand a fight and just on And They don't allow you to do that anymore? Not since the Reebok era. Yeah. Oh. So if you can imagine, you're cutting out a guy's livelihood, you're paying him five thousand to show up, five thousand to win. If the kid loses, he fights in UFC and makes five K. And
1: that's like, yeah, how many fights are you going to have in a year? Like four? If max? you're lu- if yeah, you're super lucky because 20 K. Yeah, that's really, yeah. Wow. Pretty okay. brutal. That is brutal. Yeah, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, so I thought I, it was
1: fifty k a fight. So I was like, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess fifty k is not like crazy, but you do two fights, it's hundred k to show up twice. It's not bad, right? Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, but yeah these, five, no, very few people are even making that. I mean, mid tier fighters will make the fifty k, but it, but listen, it's a hard sport, and and I don't know the full story, so I, I'm reticent to really go go hard on that on that. Yeah, I feel you. I don't know enough about it, but that's it good. I respect
1: me... that. A lot of people they just hear like. <laughs> a snippet and then they're fucking ready to go to war
0: right yeah, like let's hear nah, out both yeah. sides and see what happens Yeah, exactly <laughs> right just i'm not completely out. convinced yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, i get you that's cool um and so and what do you think of conor mcgregor
0: conor's awesome i mean i'm do you know dylan dennis as well you know dylan dennis uh, i've heard the name his I don't buddy I recognize him he has like a buddy who's a hispanic cat he was always mm-hmm. with him in the in the pictures posing but Anyway, like those are two guys that are very polarizing. And it's it's easy to not like Connor. Right he Oh, I love
1: Connor, dude. Yeah, I but love I,
0: I think he's entertaining. Yeah. I think he's great for the sport. Uh, you know, listen, is he the same guy that was on the ascent? And I'm not talking about ability. I'm saying even his charisma and his ability to be truthful in his speech and polarizing at the same time. That's hard to do. I could be polarizing. I could talk a lot of shit on the podcast, and and people go, oh man, but a lot of what I'm going to say isn't going to be truthful. Connor was spitting truth on the come up. He was saying shit that you didn't even realize about your his opponent, about flaws in the guy's defense. He, it, it was, yeah, he
1: was. When he talks about it, you can, like, he's, he's really impressive. You can be like, oh, he's just a dumbass. Like, no, when he nah. talks about the detail of, like, especially like in his post fight interviews, he'll be like, yeah. And then he moved his leg like one inch to the right. And that's when that bone hit this. And you're like, oh shit, the guy, the guy knows a lot.
0: Yeah. He's like, a, he's a pro- student. True he's professional. A, yeah. Um, yeah he's I impressive. think he, I think he's lost a little bit of that. I think what we see now is, is, is a guy who has a tremendous amount of wealth and success and notoriety. I think that jades you over time. I think the rise is so exciting that what do you do after that? Mm-hmm. So he's kind of playing a caricature of himself at the moment. And he I might be
1: sabotaging of, himself to have like a comeback story almost, right?
0: Yeah, but I said you know what I, I sense with him is a lot of anger, man. A lot of yeah. a lot of resentment when a person of that stature should never have resentment. All he's the things he's he's accomplished are insurmountable. But for whatever reason, I sent a lot of anger, even in that post-fight where he's sitting on the floor with a broken chin and yeah, and, that and was and a he, little... he, he taxed the guy's girlfriend or wife rather. Your I, wife is in my DMs. <laughs> and, uh, it's like it's like I wouldn't have went there on my worst yeah. day, you know. But I think
1: he might be. I I, I personally think this is my theory that um, I think he's doing coke. You saw big that time. big time. You saw that right? He's doing coke. Oh yeah. And also, he's starting to look a little bit like he's doing coke. Like I had I had friends who did coke, and they would get a little puffy. <laughs> oh yeah, the swell. He's, he's starting to look a little. He's starting to look a little like puffy, and he's like. You know, looking yeah. like a big honcho show in the pictures, and it's like, oh, dude, yeah. I remember that guy's a featherweight, right? Like,
0: what's yeah, like, going the on? Yeah. Out <laughs> it's of the, nowhere, it's the
1: cocaine, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: the co- the coke, the booze in, and and you, I see pictures of him, and his eyes are just like, yeah, you know, he has a coke eyes. So, yeah,
1: I yeah. think that might be it. I and I that that does fuck with you, like that does make you a little crazy. So that might be it. It's you saw the picture right with the like the one where he's showing off the Rolex, and then you can see on the table like the, the powder. white powder
0: yeah like, come on clean up the powder bro but again when you're on coke i'm thinking about yeah. High evidence. <laughs> so
1: yeah that was i don't know man i hope i do hope he comes back because i think he's a really cool guy and i think and i don't think he's a bad guy i think he's just yeah. like maybe a little messed up right now or maybe he's playing something we just don't really understand it yet or but like maybe i do hope he kind of comes back into his own because he's he's somebody that I, I i admired um for what you're saying like that ability to talk shit but you can't really knock him for not saying the truth, right? It's like it's real. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Jake Paul in the boxing world? No, that Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's crazy.
0: Again, people are gonna say out of uh, nowhere. Out of nowhere, the guy comes in. Uh, I've been following Jake since his uh, his early days on Vine, so I've, I've been aware of this kid for a long time. And and what we got to give credit to is you know, listen, the guy is phenomenal at creating pieces of content. He's incredible at at staying relevant. Uh, he's entertaining as fuck. Um, he's trying to do the Connor thing with the speaking the truth. It does come off a little forced. I think, cause we've already seen the story already. We've mm-hmm. seen it done at such a high level. It's hard to duplicate that, but I think what he's doing overall is really good for boxing because boxing wasn't doing too well. Uh, uh, and, and a lot of it is because these promoters suck. These promoters don't want to put the top fighters against the top fighters. So we're not getting entertainment. Mm-hmm. So Jake Paul comes in. He can't box, right? I mean, he could box as an amateur, but he's not a great boxer. He comes in, he creates a lot of interest. He brings a lot of attention to the sport. Listen, maybe more people watch Terrace Crawford's next fight because Jake Paul was boxing mm. uh, Tyron Woodley or something. Like that. So it,
1: that's why I don't understand how how did Tyron Woodley lose? I don't understand that.
0: Um, from a technical perspective, like I, yeah, how yeah.
1: like I mean, I get it. It's like he's in a more like an MMA guy, but yeah, you know. I don't know oh, yeah. that that still feels wrong.
0: You know what it was, or what it seemed to be it seemed to me to be is is uh, Tyron's always been the kind of guy who fights on the back foot, and he's not particularly the most aggressive. See, I don't think it's part of his nature to be like the kind of guy who's like going to walk you down and get off. So he he's the kind of guy who in MMA he would he would draw you in, he would save energy because he's fucking muscle bound, so he, he 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 only has so much energy, and he would look to lob these overhand rights, but in boxing. You can't do that, especially because Jake Paul wasn't wasn't going forward. So if it's not your nature to be an offensive fighter and then I throw boxing gloves on you, and tell you, you got to be offensive. He just didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to let his hands go, uh, his, his, his hands go rather. Mm. And that's really what we saw. We saw a guy who was not an aggressive person in uh, at the end of his career being told to be offensive. And I don't think he had the tools to get it done. But do you think in a street fight, he'd whoop his ass, right? yeah, I think in a street fight and an MMA fight, I mean he he's a great wrestler. Tyron's a great wrestler. He hits a single leg on you. He's he's taking you down. He's gonna brutalize you on the ground. Um, but again, you just put boxing gloves on him. I still think he kicks Jake's Paul Jake Paul's ass in the boxing match. The fucking guy just doesn't punch. Mm. Dude, just I didn't punch. watch the
1: fight. I didn't watch the fight. So he just wasn't really punching, he was just kind of Yeah, he
0: he would walk him down, he'd walk him down. He would use his jab. His distancing was off. Granted, he's MMA and he doesn't box much. And and he would land one or two good shots. He had Jake hurt. He had him hurt. He had him almost through the ropes. Let's him off the hook Mm. because he's scared of getting tired. You know, he Mm. doesn't want to get tired. So So it's
1: the conditioning, too, that's not there, maybe.
0: A lack of trust in your conditioning because he's in phenomenal shape. I just don't think he wants to dig deep and have to go to that place.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and have you ever seen any of these fights live? Like what live fights have you seen? Uh, I'm always at local fights. Uh, so I got cornering two MMA fighters uh, this month, actually, alone. I have one of my fighters fighting uh, in MMA and another in a pro MMA fight uh, in, in Atlantic City. So I'm, I'm always at fights. I've always been going to fights. That's uh, sick, dude? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a rough environment for... For people, if you've never been, I mean, for as an entertainment piece, it's really fun. But backstage is, is kind of tough. Yeah. And yeah you know, you're seeing guys come backstage before your fighter goes up who have been knocked out cold. So they're being brought back like half dead. People are throwing up backstage.
1: Really? Out of nerves or just because they're uh,
0: just exhaustion from after the fight? And then, mm-hmm. and then you gotta warm your fighter up while you're. And be like, guys. no, it's gonna be alright. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude, it's like You have all that negativity. It, it's a. Uh, it's I always get headaches back there because there's so much anxiety in oh, the locker shit. room that yeah. literally my head just starts pounding. Like cornering fighters for me, AJ, is scarier than when it was when I was fighting. Like, cause I can't control it. It's like, ah, yeah, they're your look. babies. Yeah, it's like, fuck, man. Like it's just. I don't enjoy it, to be honest, but I, I always seem to be doing it. I just I end yeah. up in those damn corners. <laughs> and how how many fights have you had like for yourself? I had four fights. Yeah, four fights. I went four and oh. Damn, dude. Nice. Yeah, Good run. Good run. No cuts. Had a good time, but uh, I didn't feel fulfilled with it. You know, and I've always been really honest with myself. And I said, listen, if I don't truly enjoy it, uh, I'm not going to keep doing it. And I, I don't think I, I loved it. You know, I loved it at first, but it it started, it stopped making sense to me. Like why, why was I doing it? The why I couldn't figure Mm. it out.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I want to, I, so I want to get into MMA. Actually, I've done some jujitsu, like for like, I don't know, a month maybe, but I couldn't afford to have like a membership. So I was like, okay, when I have more money and then it's like, I would love to do it. And I would love to have a few MMA fights But I'm just scared of the brain damage. That's a real thing. It's a real thing, and there's like there's, and it's like there's nothing you can do about it. You can't like I mean, you're going to get punched. It's not like there's no way to avoid it.
0: No, it's so hard to avoid. If you if you're a special talent as a grappler, you can hedge against it for sure. Um, And if maybe if you choose the right fight and it's a mismatch, you could do well. But uh, I always suggest fighting one fight, and you're young enough where. You can literally train for two years. I would say train for three years, my opinion. So you're still 26 years old. You're still young. And you fight one amateur fight. Have the feeling of making the walk. Going through yeah, the entire Yeah, I do want to do
1: that. I do I do want to have, that's what I'm saying. I want to have that experience. But I want to know when to stop, you know?
0: Yeah, I would stop right away. <laughs> I would yeah. Stop after the first fight. Why? Because, my, because listen, uh, I always tell guys this. You don't play this shit. Just like you, you come from a boxing background. So you know the deal. You know the adage. You don't play boxing. Mm-hmm. You don't play fucking MMA. You know yeah. guys who aren't hundred percent invested, and I have students who are like, "Yo, I want to fight." I'm like, Ooh, you 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 go out, right? You drink, you you party? No, no, you you can't do this. This is an all in thing. So if uh, but if you told me, shit, Steve, I really want to fight for a living, then we start training, and it's a whole lifestyle change for you. It's a it's a psychotic adjustment. But but uh, if you're saying, you know. I wouldn't say don't stick with it unless you really want to go to the furthest levels, which is to become like a UFC champion. And that requires every ounce of your being. Yeah. But that's just like boxing. AJ. Like if you were like, yo, I want to win the fucking world middleweight title. It's like, okay, well you can only box now. Like you only should be boxing all the time. You
1: know? The thing is like, it's, it's um, I've always thought this, like if you're, if you go into the fight, like the day I'm, 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 I think I will eventually do like a fight or two, just cause I want that experience. Fuck it. I want to know that I can, you carry yourself differently. I, I know it. You carry yourself differently once you've yeah. had it. And, um, but I think I, I would have like, the only way I would perform well is if I told myself like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to die for this shit. Cause that's the yeah. only way you can fight. If you're willing to die, if you, if you're not willing to die, you're going to get your ass beat because you're going to play defensively while the other guy's going to charge you and walk you down. And yeah, yeah. but like to, to make that switch of like, yeah, I'm willing to die for this shit is yeah. Obviously you can't party anymore. You can't do this. You can't do that. And not only that, but
0: yeah, you actually have to be willing to die. Right. That's crazy. You (laughs) got to go to a a psychotic place. Yeah. It's not rational at all. It's, it's like it's superficial too, or not superficial, but it's artificial because we don't have those scenarios in regular society anymore. Very few. I go to Whole Foods. I buy my steaks. I shop at Whole Foods. Like, I, I'm not in the streets. Aren't that ruthless for me at the moment? Don't say that. Don't say that. dude. <laughs> yeah, my, stock, my This is my stock right now. But, the, but I can, I can, I can artificially create that by going into an MMA fight and like, like saying, I hate this guy. I mean, I, I don't know who this guy is. I wish him the best, but now I got to beat his brains in. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, But for you, for you as a person and anyone listening to the podcast who, especially men, specifically men. I, I say, like you said, you do carry yourself differently after the fact. It's like, you do have this different armor around you. You know, you can deal with that walk. That walk is, whew, whew. They, they call you AJ. You're up. You're up next. You feel tingling. When you're backstage, AJ, I'm going to tell you what you're going to feel. You want to leave the building. You don't like George, George St. Pierre used to say this. He used to say, Steven, every time I'm backstage.
1: Oh, dude, that's such a good GSP impression.
0: You know what he said? He used to say, I'm hoping that an airplane hits the arena. He, he's hoping <laughs> that literally an airplane hits the arena because he, he doesn't want to do this. And, and I've always questioned it myself. I've been a little dense backstage because I was so young. So I was like, well, whatever. But there was even moments in my mind where I was like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And I thought it was me having like maybe a lack of character. Then I talked to all these different fighters and I'm like, they all have the same mindset. Like they're all like, what am I doing back here? This is so crazy. So, but it's psychotic. If you still make that walk, dude, you're different. You're different than 99% of the people that walk this earth. So oh. it's worth it. It's worth it, dude. That's,
1: that's why. Yeah, I'm just, that's, that's exactly, it's like that risk return. Like, you know, I guess, I guess you won't get bad, bad brain damage if you nah. go in once, you know? Yeah. It's the repeated, right? It's like the repeated brain. It's
0: repeated. And I I, you know, I if I was in control of you doing this, I'd I'd have you do an amateur fight in Jersey. There's shin guards, there's no punches on the head on the ground. So you're still getting all the fight experience and all the anxiety. But for me, I get nervous with the grounded, you know, you're on the ground and the kids hitting you and you're not really good at jujitsu at that level. And that that for me is a little nerve-wracking. But, you know, I think that would be something good. But like you said, it is the repeated damage. It's guys who get knocked out, come back too soon, get knocked out again. And they, 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 they're chasing the dragon. And it, ne- it never ends well for these guys.
1: So there's also something with how, how uh, like, the spacing between the knockouts, too, if it was too soon, because they haven't really fully recovered yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And I've had that experience with fighters. Uh, it's a tough situation to deal with and navigate as a coach. But it's it's a real problem. Guy gets knocked out. He wants to get right back in there. And as a coach, you're trying to, like, tell him, yo, you can win the fight. I'm not saying you can't win the fight, but there's a high risk here because uh, your brain needs time to recover. That fight or flight is a serious, a serious aspect to getting knocked unconscious. So it shuts down a little easier to protect itself three months, four months from a knockout loss. Scary mm. stuff. Shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary.
1: No, it is a scary world. And that's why, like, that's why I think about it. That's the only thing holding me back, dude. If, if there was no brain damage and it was just the pain. Yeah. And like, just if if getting KO didn't have any long-term stuff, I would definitely be like fighting all the time. Cause I think yeah. it would be cool. But what really scares me is just, I'm someone who wants to use his brain in his life. Right. I don't want to, I've, I've been concussed once. That's like when my fear of that stuff started, I had a concussion from soccer and like that changed my relationship to sports. And okay. I started
0: being like, whoa it was really bad you got a bad headache nausea and stuff like that as well or yeah
1: but it was mostly the fatigue like i was i was tired for like three months man
0: why was that bad oh dude yeah for three months like i would watch a screen and i would be like Oof. no 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 that's the shit that people don't take into account they don't take that into account and these fighters go back home and and the camera stopped rolling no one knows there's st- they're still going through uh it's kind of fatigue you're talking about de- mm. de- depression too right yeah yeah it
1: led, yeah it leads to depression i don't know if it's because of chemical changes but it's just like you're a fucking vegetable like i yeah. couldn't do anything i was i would go to school man I'd, I'd have like two classes by the end of the two classes i'd be tired i'd go to the nurse's office i would lay down eventually i'd be like fuck i'm going home this is useless you know and it's like you're missing out on everything i missed out the rest of my soccer season i didn't yeah. play my senior year because i was like i'm never doing that again and then it's like it makes you afraid of everything man i was scared of like going to bed and like hurting my head on the backboard of my bed i was like
0: yeah Yeah, paranoid
1: oh yeah i was paranoid for a little bit until i you know eventually was like okay i gotta get through this i can't stay like this but for it was scary man and that's like that that also kind of ended my stuff with boxing because i was like well i don't want to go through that so but i do want to i do want that experience i do want to have one or two fights i want to have a little record be like yeah i'm 2-0 or whatever zero and two but at least least haven't done it you know
0: hey it's worth it have you ever considered doing a jiu-jitsu competition
1: yeah so see that's something like i want to do mma just because it's full out it's like okay that's real life Yes. jiu-jitsu i would compete i i think that's something i would actually try to bring on just because i mean you can still hurt your head but it's a little it's it's less like Blunt trauma. It's like, yeah, you can have an accident, but you can have an accident in anything. It's not like it's gonna happen. Whereas in boxing or MMA, there's just
0: zero way you're not gonna get punched. And dude, and also the jiu-jitsu will give you that feeling, that sensation because they're gonna call your name. And it, it, people underestimate how scary that is too. It's like it is pretty scary. Yeah, I think I think you'd have a lot of fun with that as well.
1: I would. That's that's what I want to do. Ultimately, I would love to have like just two MMA fights just to say I did it, feel like I did it, walk that way. But then for fun and just for the like just pursue brazilian jiu-jitsu would be awesome yeah
0: yeah hell yeah dude
1: yeah um so i was gonna ask you what do you think of like you if you were in the ufc like if how would you do like if you went into because i think it's 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 hard to imagine like fighting is difficult to imagine because there's also random element of luck like somebody can just like even i could have a situation where I KO McGregor like that could happen right like somehow something goes wrong you land the right punch how do you think you would do in, like if you were in the UFC um, in a fight with like an average UFC fighter like a a top you know maybe maybe with like a top 10
0: UFC fighter for your weight class Uh, well I I always hedge on the side of just complete respect for the fighters because I know when I was an active fighter I knew I know how hard that life is and for any non-competitors, I I I really strongly suggest they stay out of the debate. Like, don't say you can possibly beat Usman if you haven't fought or if you're a retired fighter. It's just disrespectful. But since you're asking me the question, I feel obligated <laughs> to answer the, the question. Shit out of Usman. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I, I'm a big guy. I, I'm I walk around as big as 230 pounds. Now, I, I I I fight at 185. So I'm a big ass 185 Whoa. pounder. It's... I cut to 185. Yeah, I won How? my amateur titles at 189. Cut a lot of weight. I cut a lot. Even when I was a young kid, I was still 218, 220. So I was always cutting a, a significant amount of weight. Uh, um, so, anyway, I, I think I trained with MMA fighters. I trained with uh, pl- plenty of MMA fighters, lower level, top level, been in the best rooms. I kind of know where I'm at. I know that I can grapple with any UFC guy, period, regardless of weight class. Um, but you know, I would struggle with inactivity. I would struggle with timing. I would struggle with fighting under the lights, under those circumstances. Cause if you haven't done it before and you haven't fought in over a decade, you're going to have a hard go. Uh, I think I'd, I'd, I'd have a lot of success in the training room with a lot of those guys. And if you're watching us train, you go, damn, Steven might be a better fighter than put the fighter in there. He's amazing. But when the lights are on and it's time to make that walk, my lack of being in there for so long would come to bite me in the ass. Yeah, makes sense. That's a good answer. I think that's that's. if you can can give me 10 years back or five, give me six years back. Never mind your age, 23. Blessing if I can get to 23. (laughs) But get me to 20, get me to 26 and let me fight four to five fights just to get the fucking rust off of me. I do really good. Yeah, i do so? really good but again respect a man in my 30s now full-time coach i respect what those guys are doing oh no respect. i get
1: you and how would you do and what's your like if you have all the human beings in the world where what percentile are you in you think is like your ability to survive in a in a street fight like if you put you know how many what's the percentage of, of people you could you think like feel confident in saying obviously a fight you never know but yeah, you never feel not. confident in saying
0: like I could probably do this, you know? Percentage, I don't know. I mean, what what is a good punching ability, kicking ability, really sensitive, a kid who grew up on the streets, was involved in crime younger in my life. I understand the ins and outs of when a motherfucker's trying to make a move on you. I kind of have that in me, so I kind of know where to look for it. Uh, I got to be in the top, what, top one or 2%, I would imagine. Yeah, a guy, so. guy who's trained his whole life, who's a big guy, who's, uh, I would have to say, I would humbly have to say, I would have to be in, in a, a high percentage. I don't know what the exact yeah. percentage would be. But.
1: And so, for a guy like me, right? I'm 6'2, I'm 6'3. Six, six, I'm pretty light. I'm 180. I just, yeah. I just weighed in this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put on some weight, man. I was 170 six months back, but so I've been going okay. to the gym. So, I'm in a lean, lean, mean machine. Uh you like that would be disaster if you came down from 230 to 180.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but you would be cutting down to 155 though. I'd try try to get you down or 170, at least 170. Try to get you down. You'd have a you'd have good reach on those 70 pounders. Six fucking two, six three. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And so then how do you uh what how do you think I get that? Like how long would it take for me to have obviously not as good a percentage, like you're saying, like top one, two percent like to get like a five top 5%, how, how many years of martial arts training do you think it takes to get there?
0: Top 5%, it depends on your, your obsession. So if you're Steven Williams, 2003, and you have a similar level of like, all I'm going to do is podcast and train, I say I can take you in, in three and a half years, I'll have you savage, like breaking people in half, able, <laughs> able, to, able to roll with good purple belts, at that, Well, I probably wouldn't have you at a purple belt. I'm pretty hard on my on my promotions, but you'd go to other gyms and smoke purple belts with three years of training with me. And then you'd be doing stand-up and MMA with me. Yeah, you would be in a high percentage as well. I mean, I don't, you know, one or 2% reserved for a few people, I guess. Yeah. Right? I don't know how that works, but definitely, like, yeah, definitely you're a problem because you got to think, most people, there's billions of people that aren't going to even train. So yeah. you're going to have an inherent advantage over all those people.
1: Yeah, because me, I think about self, like, obviously, I like the sport, but I think about self defense, too. And what I, I just want to be like, hey, you know, like, I, I could, I can defend myself against pretty much anyone, obviously, of course. one fights, you never know. And yeah. two, there's always somebody better than you. But
0: oh. realistically, I'm never gonna, like, fight somebody who's like, way better than me, you no. know, because you know why? Because they're not looking to fight you. Anyone who's like, a super skilled martial artist is avoiding conflict at all costs is walking away. So, yeah, because they know they know the repercussions of it, and they know the risk involved. So for sure, dude, if you run into somebody and you've been training for three and a half years, chances are you're gonna smoke them. You know, chances yeah. are you're obviously barring a weapon or or things. Yeah, like that. yeah, you never know. Yeah, and
1: and if you're not psycho, what like five years? Five, uh, if you're five, not psycho, five eight it, years, it
0: could be yeah, it could be five to ten years, you know. 10, yeah. sometimes it takes ten years, but listen, if 10 years investing in yourself gives you that sort of confidence, it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I think so, man. I'm like full on that's what I want to do. I just want to have the money to do it. It's right now it. it's like the money, I can't afford the money. So I'm just going to the gym, packing on some weight. That's it's fun too. That. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For now,
0: for now, you'll you'll things will start to open up for you and you'll be able to to make that commitment. You know, it yeah. just it does take time. And I've been there, I've been exactly where you are. Uh, for a lot of my twenties, you know, and, and things do change, but you're on the right fucking path. You look clear-minded, you're doing <laughs> something, you're working hard, you're a smart kid. It's going to happen for you.
1: Hopefully, man. I hope it so. Will. I would love, I would love to be like, to one day look at myself in the mirror, whether it's in, like three years or 10 years and be like, damn, I can really fight. Yeah. <laughs> like that would just be a nice feeling, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, I guess this is kind of a random question. What do you do for nutrition? Cause we talked about like the fighting side of stuff. What do yeah. you do uh, for nutrition? I know I mean, I tend to be like, a, uh, you know, I, I eat everything there's, I know Nate Diaz is a vegan, which was mm-hmm. crazy mind blowing. So what do you do?
0: I eat, a, I eat, uh, I eat a qu- quite a bit of red meat. So I eat steak, a, a lot of steak, probably more than any human should, should ever consume, but I eat steak on a, a pretty regular basis. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you do too. Yeah. I, I'm kind of just over chicken. I, I ate chicken for most of my career. Uh, I have some pretty high quality protein powder. I, I take really high quality protein powder. What do you take? Uh, it's called Progenix. You know about Progenix. Try it check it out. It's a little mm, pricey, but it, mm-hmm. the quality is a lot lot better than the average uh, uh, thing. I'll DM it to you. It's called Progenix, but really, really good stuff. I take a lot of supplements like multivitamins, um, collagen, collagen. Uh, uh, I have this zinc plus supplement that's phenomenal especially now right zinc's like a big deal right now yeah dude i got a really good company this girl uh this girl uh makes it she's a local girl and and uh i i had covid maybe 8 months ago 9 months ago maybe it was a year ago and who knows right covid's like the fucking <laughs> it's been like 5 years <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lifestyle at this point but <laughs> it's a religion <laughs> it is but yo it helped me it got me better pretty quickly so i've been on yeah. that zinc plus for a, a hot minute um, but in terms of just pure diet, yeah, I, I eat a lot of red meat. I try to eat clean. I'm not gonna lie to you, my diet's been a little shifty lately. I've been eat, maybe cheating a little bit with the snacks, but <laughs> but uh, but not overall, dude. I try to eat pretty healthy. Sweet potatoes, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes. I've been eating. Is that Japanese. good for you? Yeah, really good. Uh, what do we got uh, in that? We get uh, obviously good carbs, uh, potassium, things of that nature. Um, so, Japanese sweet potatoes, I've been into lately as well. So. Yeah, I, I eat white rice. I don't eat, you know, I mean, I'm not overly strict with it, but uh, I try to eat good whole meals as much as I can.
1: That's good. And what else do you do outside of martial arts and eating to just kind of stay healthy? And, you know, like, do you have any spiritual practices? Do you do any, like, weird stuff? Like, I don't know, cryotherapy? Like, yeah, you know, there's like, there's a bunch of stuff people do. What are you? Into I'm going to drop
0: a video soon. I'm going to drop a video uh, about this soon, but. I just got into cryo and I just got into IV drips as well.
1: Ooh, what are, I, what, what are so IV
0: drips? They're intravenous and you, you basically can get a cocktail of vitamins. You can add things like glutathione, which is great for liver function. Uh, for anyone listening who maybe goes out, I don't, I was drink, but if you go out and drink, it'll like, like your hangover's over. Like it's, it's magical for your liver uh, function. Uh, I want to start taking what's called NAD drips. A little expensive, but great anti-aging properties as well. Has been shown to maybe combat COVID uh, symptoms as well. Um, what else? Yeah, the cryo.
1: And so what do you do for cryo? Like, do you do it in your own bathtub? Do you put ice cubes and stuff? I, I,
0: I, that, that's been the move for me for a lot of years. For a lot of years, I just took cold showers and ice mm-hmm. baths. Um, but recently, I went to this place called Next Health in the city. And uh, they gave me actually a free cryo treatment. I mean, it's on Madison Avenue. It's super bougie. Like, there's like models coming out of there. I'm like stumbling in, like, what the going on here? <laughs> and anyway, yo, they gave me a free a free, uh, a free, cryo. I was like, this is awesome. Was it? And it's what yeah, did it feel like? Submerged. Oh my God, crazy. So, my friend Danny goes in. He had a marathon the next day. So, he does three and a half minutes, which is the max time you can use. So, I naturally felt like, dude, I'm not going to have him go in three and a half minutes. I'm going to go two minutes. I'm going to do three and a half minutes. But I didn't realize that it is based on height. He's shorter than me. So Danny's like, shorter. And I'm, you know, you're fucking tall as fuck, too. You're gonna be <laughs> up here. Bro, you gotta, if you're over like 5'11, you're gonna get a brain freeze because of our height. So, because,
1: because why? Because your
0: height. I don't know if the, the, that's what the girl was telling me. She's like, because you're tall. I was like, Dan, you didn't have a brain freeze? He's like, no, I didn't have a brain freeze at all. Dude, I was like, I felt like I was like drinking a slushy the entire time. It, oh. was, it, it, it was a lot harder than I expected. The three and a half minutes, but I felt incredible when I got out. I had icicles yeah. on my eyebrows, and <laughs> it was fucking nuts. It was nuts, yo. But it was fun, man. I felt great when I got out. The IV drip was fucking dope. It was just, it, it, it I, it's something I want to do more often. A hundred, a hundred percent.
1: That's it cool, man. Great. Yeah, I gotta look into that. I gotta have somebody explain
0: that to me. Um, because now, I've, do I, I think it's necessary for you, and especially being at twenty three years old, you know, you're gonna go and and spend three hundred dollars on a fucking IV? No.
1: Yeah, you know. but it's just cool. I like to yeah, know about exactly. that stuff. It's like exactly. the human
0: optimization, you know. It's I'm it's, into it. Yeah, and I'm too. I'm also getting fucking old. You know, it's like stuff that I had to put all this stuff off my 20s. I was living on couches at 26. Like I, things weren't fucking peachy when I was 26. So <laughs> now I'm like, yo, I I got a little money. I'm take care of be, myself. Take care of myself. Yeah, turn back the hands of time a little bit. uh I also do meditate pretty regularly. I have some spiritual readings like the Upanishads, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. Um, some Eastern sort of situations going on there. <laughs> Eastern
1: <And I>, situations.
0: <laughs> so and so, I try to uh, I try my best to uh, to to keep in touch with that as best I can to keep that balance. You know? That's cool, man. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And I bet you it helps too with as a fighter. I'm I'm sure if you had like a spiritual angle to stuff, you know, oh, yeah. like it it balances you out because I think especially like the higher you go, your ego can become such a powerful like you know like Conor McGregor should probably. Read a little bit of that Eastern he needs that. Eastern situation. Situations, bro. <laughs> the
0: balance out the, the the situation he's living with right now. Yeah, no, it it does it does really, really help. But even just with social media, you know, you put yeah. out a vibe, you put out a viral post and everyone's telling you usually it's how much you suck and how dumb your information is, which is fine too. That's usually a sign you got a good piece of content. But the point is you're getting all the stimulus coming in and it can go to your head. You know, I'm yeah. an older gentleman, so it's not gonna affect me, but I, I can imagine if I was 23. And I had a 1.2 million view video or two million view video. I've had those, and for sure, your brain just goes like, Whoa. "What the fuck?" You know, you better start meditating, man, because it's not, it's not that that can't be good. Yeah, that can't. Be no, I know good.
1: that's how a lot of people go crazy, like the actors and all these people.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: All right, man. And then this is a good question. If you're like listening to the podcast and you're not into martial arts, what would you tell? Those people, somebody who just listened was like, oh, that was a cool conversation. Do you have a thought for
0: that person maybe on the edge? Yeah, well, let me see if I can, you know, just what I would say is if you're a man and you plan on having kids one day, or even if you don't, you know, you want to be able to protect yourself, protect your family. You want to be able to walk down the street, feel confident in yourself. You don't want to be in a situation where, you know, we all live these lives. And I'm going to steal this quote. I can't remember who it was. It's a great quote most men live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah, heard you that. know, and, and we all feel that we all we do about our own mortality, you know, I feel it every day. But it's like, I don't feel I don't have that compounded um, uh, desperation from not knowing if someone's going to kick my ass not knowing if someone's going to shoulder check me at the grocery store, someone's gonna grab my girl's ass. Like it eliminates a lot of that stuff as men that I think could help. Okay, from a female perspective. Now, wouldn't you want to know how to defend yourself? Like guys are just horrible. Like guys, <laughs> guys, guys are fucking so disrespectful, so domineering. Uh, I think it's the right of every human being to understand the technology of martial arts, to understand how to use these concepts that we've developed over the last thousands of years, how to incorporate that into your being. It's very spiritual. It has that spiritual component mm-hmm. as well. And I, I hope that you guys find interest in it you know, and it's only going to make your life better. Yeah. And as a caveat, with that being said, if you do feel like, okay, I want to get into martial arts, a Stephen guy makes a good point, you know, choose the right gym. Because as me and AJ were talking about previously, listen, not all gyms are created equally. There's a lot of cult-like uh, leaders in, in martial arts, and you really need to do your due diligence to make sure that you're not getting set up with one of those gyms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh for like details on that, on the McDojo podcast here. We he talks about like the telltale signs of some of those. Awesome. Places. He would yeah. know
0: more than anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that's his life, man. He's yeah, he, is, yeah. he told me he works 15 hours, 15 hours a day
0: on it, on his page. Wow. That's a lot of work. God bless.
1: That's dedication, man. Yeah.
0: But that's why his brand is so strong you know, and, and, it, and it permeates martial arts. Like everyone knows who McDojo is. McDojo. Everyone knows. Dude, it was such an—it was
1: so random that I got to speak to him. I was like, "Yo, you have a cool page. Like, can I?" F- get-? And he responded right away, man.
0: And that's that's it. That's a you good gotta dude. go for it. You gotta
1: go for it. He's you a gotta dude. go
0: for it. You gotta go for it. And now you've had a John Danahar black belt. <laughs> you've had fucking the Mick Dojo, dude like your shit this is legit man
1: this is cool i that's know so man i fucking I'm, I'm awesome in
0: six months of podcasting
1: <laughs> thanks that's Brad. so cool man appreciate it is there anything that you want to plug or like talk about your website or your youtube channel
0: yeah check me out on uh instagram uh, at steven strangles people it's the same thing on tiktok uh youtube steven strangles people yep. as well twitter i think it's steven strangles so you can check me out on those platforms. <laughs> not just people, cats, yeah, not people. Anything, anyone <laughs> can get it on Twitter. And I, get, I, I skew a little political on Twitter a little bit. So oh shit, uh, I,
1: I would have liked to check that out. Maybe yeah, yeah. I'm cool not particularly
0: convos. right or left, but you know, I get a little angry from time to time.
1: Are you? Are you more uh, of a freedom kind of guy?
0: I am a little bit into freedom as a business owner too. I could, I've seen what this whole situation has done. And
1: oh shit, man, we could have talked about that. I'm on the same page with we you. We could man. do another. Hey, podcast. Baby, we could do another one. <laughs> yeah,
0: we could talk more more politics. That'll be fun. For sure. So sure, yeah, man. That, that's, that's where you can check me out. My website, StephenWilliamsOfficial.com. So cool. you can definitely check me out.
1: Cool, man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I will come to your, to your gym. I'm going to Europe now. So for like a month or two. So when I get back, I want to see you. And yeah, was, really please cool. come
0: by brother. It was, it was great doing this, this podcast with you, AJ.
1: Yeah, man. Really appreciate it. All right, kid.
0: Take care, my man.